Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Monday, July 19th, 2021, and this is a big week in hockey town and across the NHL. You need more hockey news, and Lockdown NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories in game recap well not so much game recaps anymore but you guys get what i'm saying expansion lists are out you're going to want to be keeping up on everything that's going on across the nhl you know get an inside look at the draft things like that so subscribe to lockdown nhl today wherever you get your podcasts we got some big news for you guys today off the top uh red wings dropped their expansion list or protected list for the expansion draft, which is set to embark on Wednesday, uh, as did the rest of the NHL. A lot of crazy moves, a lot of players left un, uh, unprotected unexpectedly. Um, but all in all, uh, after the Letty trade, that kind of shakes things up for the Red Wings. They make an interesting choice on defense. We will get into that all, break down the Letty trade and his comments today just a little bit further. And then we're going to get into a pair of draft profiles with Sam McGilligan. And today we are looking at Francesco Pinelli and Mackie Samuskevich, a pair of forwards who will be very intriguing for the Red Wings, especially uh, on day one of the 2021 NHL draft. We're going to have a ton of content coming for you guys this week. It's going to be long episodes. If you're into that, you're welcome. If you like to keep it short and sweet, I apologize. We just have so much to cover. We still have a couple draft profiles to get to, uh, but it's going to be great. Subscribe. Make sure that each and every morning when you wake up this week, you get some new Detroit Red wings draft centric content uh it's the only podcast i know personally that's that's doing that for you guys uh subscribe uh do us a favor if you like the draft content please leave us a review uh it helps us grow um you know hopefully as the summer rolls on we have more times to do or more time to do other stuff we'll get a little bit more interactive and things like that but for now uh it's the greatest way to help us keep being able to put out awesome content for you guys like this uh scotty as we enter this week of the 2021 NHL draft, round one, Friday night, uh, how are you feeling? Uh, um, you know, for the for two of the four teams in this city for this calendar year, when I was heading into the draft, I was nervous. The Red Wings are not one of those uh, teams that I, <laughs> that I am nervous for. I, I believe in Steve Eiserman uh, immensely, and as much as I want – Wallstead, as as everyone knows, uh, I I will have full faith pretty much in in whoever he takes. Um, and then, yeah, that that that's pretty much all there is to it for me. The the him and I I don't see Cade Cunningham now being a piston. So those two, I'm not worried about. The other two, uh, had, you know, were were interesting. But the Red Wings, not one of those teams. I gotta say, uh, you know, I put out my big board for the Red Wings players. I won for the Red Wings uh, and Jesper Wallstead was at four, but as this weekend kind of rolled on, I started struggling with the fact that Jesper Wallstead is the only NHL draft prospect who promised to call us on draft night if he's drafted by the That's Red Wings. True. And so now like selfishly, I don't know. Like, I really, really hope he's, he's the pick, but like, and that's a good thing because I'm playing with house money because if it's not him sick, but if it is him sick. Uh, so right. keep that in mind, folks, if the Red Wings do draft Jesper Wallstead, we, he, he told us he'd call us. Uh, hope we'll get him on FaceTime or something. Hopefully that'll be pretty cool. Uh, let's talk Nick Letty or actually let's talk expansion list uh, because we, I touched on Nick Letty kind of in the Saturday bonus episode. We are going to get into it uh, just a little bit more, but the expansion list slash protected list is a little bit more pressing at this current point in time. Uh, protected for the Red Wings. We were pretty much right on with this. We actually were right on with this in our projections. Tyler Bertuzzi, Adam Ernie, Robbie Fabry, Dylan Larkin, Michael Rasmussen, Giovanni Smith, and Jacob Verana. No qualms or surprises there. On the defensive side, though, the addition of Nick Letty did shake things up a little bit. Uh, he is one of the guys protected on the back end alongside Philip Peronik and Gustav Lindstrom, meaning that Chalowski, 
of the Dennis variety and uh, Stetcher of Troy uh, have been left unprotected to be taken by the Seattle Kraken alongside, you know, Evgeny Sveshnikov, Tarharosi, Sam Gagne, Franz Nielsen. But uh, I would think that going into this expansion draft, it's almost a lock that one of those two are gone. And I really don't know how to feel about this. I was really hoping that Troy Stetcher would get protected, but I also understand the, you know, point of saying, well, Hey, we got to at least, you know, protect one of, you know, the up and comers at the NHL level. Uh, so I get that as well, even though you can only pick one. So I don't really know what, what are your, I guess, initial thoughts uh, on this? Because I think Chalowski and Stetcher honestly have a 50, 50 chance to get picked. And I'll explain in a second why I feel that way. Uh, but your thoughts off the top. Yeah. So, I mean, for starters, the, the trade is, is like when we did our episode on who we would protect and our prediction episode, we really nailed it. Like, you know, yeah. not, not to pat ourselves on the back, but like we really <laughs> did nail it. Um, if, if, if we recorded after Letty trade, it would have been a lot different, but, but really the only thing we didn't have was that and we didn't know that he was on the team. So that's that's it was by far the the most um it, it was comfortably the, the biggest debate really the only debate on who to protect was after the letty trade especially was, was really just stetcher or uh or Chalowski. it's uh for me it's a matter of and we were kind of talking about this before we before we started recording too it's really just a matter of um whether the crack there's enough good defensemen in the pool for the kraken to take a do they want to go for high floor or high ceiling is, is really mm-hmm. how I see it. If, if they have, if there's enough, if the defense pool is deep enough of the unprotected list and deep enough where they can get a, a solid, whatever line, line and a half out of people available, they might, they'll probably take Chalowski just to go for the kind of, you know, boom, he's younger and, and has a higher ceiling. Uh, whereas if, if the defense pool is weaker then I think they probably go with uh, with Stetcher and and take more of a sure solid either your your number two on your first line or your you know number one on your second line. I think the well, I think that's well. I guess it depends on who they end up taking. I think that might be a little bold for him. I would say he's probably a four at best where he ends up going. To be quite honest with you, he hasn't really ever played like top line. I, I just don't know if he, sure. he'd be as effective in that role. That being said, I agree with you on the point of Cholowski uh, presenting the bigger upside. And I'm kind of, you know, I was kind of conflicted about it, but I, I think it was like a heart versus a brain type thing. I really like what Troy Stetcher brought to the Detroit Red Wings this season. I really hoped that he would be part of the plan going forward, maybe the next two, three, four years. You know, who knows how long he was going to be able to, to thrive in that uh, rock solid top four, top six role. Uh, but the fact remains that Dennis Chalowski, despite the vacuum that we've gotten caught up with in watching this Red Wings team over the last couple of years, I think there's still a lot ahead of Chalowski. And I, I know like there hasn't been much in, in past years to be able to go out in a limb and say that outside of, you know, when he first pretty much started in the NHL, but I do think uh, you saw improvements from him this season uh, playing in Grand Rapids. I do think that he was maybe a, at least a little more, he was making better decisions at the NHL level. Um, he was helping them kind of get their power play together a little bit. Not, he didn't play a big role in it, but he was getting looks in there. Uh, stuck around better than Christian Juice, who people were high on at one point during the season. And so I think that for Dennis Chalowski, being as young as he is, uh, 22, 23, I don't hate this move. Like if they end up taking Stetcher, it, it just kind of is what it is. You're not really going to miss out on any sort of potential. I think Chalowski can eventually be a power play quarterback uh, if he kind of hits the right development path. And I think he can be something that is very valuable on the open market. I don't know if a Troy Stetcher is ever going to be worth more than two, $3 million a year. I could be proven wrong. He has kind of stepped up his game. I think the rest of the NHL is starting to really catch on to how impactful of a player he is on the defensive end, especially uh, in like a top six role. But nonetheless, uh, I am really, really interested to see where it goes. I'm hard pressed to find them going outside of those two defensemen. And I really, really don't know who they'll pick, but if I, uh, if I had to, if I had to pick, 
I would probably say Chalowski just for the reasons uh, that we just laid out here is, you know, you have a chance at something dynamic rather than something that's, that's solid, but isn't really going to uh, elevate the rest of your team um, or its special teams in a way that maybe Chalowski might be able to. And it's all about, you know, there's boom or bust potential there still, but uh, that's kind of the way I see it. Do we move on to Nick Letty? Because yeah, uh, I think, uh, I think he, that's the, the natural transition there. He spoke today to the media uh, for the first time uh, addressing the Detroit Red Wings beat writers. And I have a question for you. Does it sound like Nick Luddy has ever heard? To pair with the most cider. Uh, do you know much about him? Have you heard much about him? And if that's what Blasio elects to do, I mean, is that something that you would uh, look forward to uh, just uh, being paired with a young guy like that? Oh, definitely. Um, I, I haven't, uh, I haven't, well, honestly, last year was hard, uh, you know, only playing each other's divisions and not seeing other players from, uh, you know, other divisions. Uh, to me, it was, I, I haven't, um, you know, seen much on him, but um, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm definitely look to, to mentor him and, and uh, you know, teach him what I can. And, and uh, I'm excited to learn from him too. That dude has definitely never heard of Moritz Sider. And that dude definitely thinks that Moritz Sider played in the NHL last season. Two, two reactions off the hop there. Off the hop there. Definitely, definitely no chance that, uh, that, that he's heard of, that he's heard of, uh, of Mo. Um, and yeah. you know what? No, no, like that's not a big deal. I just thought it was. No, good. it's not. It's like, not. It's he was funny. trying to play it off. And he yeah, clear, like he just clearly didn't know. He's like, yeah, you know, obviously, you know, I heard a lot about him last, or you know, or or actually, sorry, I didn't hear much about him last. <laughs> you know, it's just typical. You know, they're in the central, we're in the east. You know, it's like, ah, uh, I don't get to watch your games a lot. No. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, yeah, he, he's definitely never heard of him, but honestly, that's okay. The the it, the whole thing. I mean, he really did drive home the point of of wanting to mentor you know, the younger kids and stuff. So that part, you know, regardless of what name you're throwing out there, as long as he's, you know what I mean? As long as he's, as long as that's his, uh, his whatever goal, Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll go for it. So this was my favorite one when he was asked about uh, if he feels like he can help the power play. And he said, yeah, definitely. That's definitely a goal. Obviously wherever I can help, but trying to elevate things in certain styles. Yeah, definitely. So right. um, just, just a sampling. Uh, I, I really wouldn't read too much into it. Like I said, he just seems like a pretty, pretty mellow dude. Uh, mm-hmm. He fit right in with this organization. I mean, yeah, sure. probably jumped all, yeah, he interviewed him one time over the phone was like, you're my guy. Yeah. Um, let's get you in here. What are your thoughts on the uh, deal as a whole? Because I gave my thoughts on Saturday's show. I'll summarize them again after I hear yours, but I have not heard yours yet. And I would like to. Sure. So the, the biggest thing was, uh, obviously, obviously the, like the, the fact that the protection list, that was the biggest thing, right? So, so you're bringing this guy in and on paper, you, you immediate, I'm trying to even, (laughs) we give up the guy that was basically a salary dump in, in, at the deadline in, in panic. Right. So, so we move him. And and a second for sure, not our second. We have eight million picks in the first three rounds. Whatever. Six. I, I, I'm not right. I, I'm not losing any sleep over that. To be honest with you, for a guy who's gonna who's who's what thirty and and gonna be one of the better defensemen on this team for uh, for at at a minimum this upcoming season, if not the foreseeable future. I. I don't mind it. And I think that's more to do with the fact that I do not mind losing Stetcher very much at all. And I, I kind of voiced that on the, um, on the prediction show we had where, where I really wouldn't have mind not protecting Stetcher even then before we had Letty nonetheless um, after. So if, if that's who we end up losing, I really, uh, I, I don't mind this trade at all. I, I really like it, actually. Um, I, I think a lot of people, the people that kind of went against the grain and didn't like it, most of their issues came with the fact that the 
protection and, and all that and who were who who were now leaving vulnerable and, and out there. Um, and I think again, because of my uh because I am I, I'm not losing any sleep over Troy Stetcher being taken by the Kraken, I, I really like this trade. Yeah. And I think the other, you know, kind of knock on the just, I guess, giving up assets for Nick Letty in general, given the fact that New York was in a cap crunch, given the fact that Detroit had to retain half the salary of Ponick, clearly doing that as a favor for the Islanders, either to just, you know, ease things up on them or to make the deal work in general. But I think that is, is kind of the big thing. His numbers over the last couple of years aren't great, despite playing in a, uh, a system that would really benefit, um, you know, defensive metrics and things like that. Uh, on the whole, though, I think the dead split in the middle of the Red Wings fan base about this trade, like the opinions are, are very polarized. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're, this was Absolutely. a polarizing move. I think that that's kind of an indication that it was a deal, a very fair deal uh, for both teams. And with the Red Wings, they clearly wanted a left-hand shot veteran guy to go next to Mo Sider. The problem with the free agent market right now is that the guys that you're going to go out and try and get are going to either want uh, a multi-year contract because they're um, you know getting one of their last tickets in the NHL, or they are going to uh, want to win a ring. And you can't really offer the second one. You don't really want to offer the first one. Uh, so that leaves you with a guy like Nick Letty, who's in a contract year, who is at $5.5 million. And I really honestly like the fact that he's in a contract year because you're going to get the best out of him. He's hoping to get paid again in the NHL. Maybe if he sees something in this Red Wings team going forward, he might be inclined to resign. He's, he was a very important piece for this New York Islanders team over these last couple of years. And on top of that all, you know, there's the option of, of flipping him potentially at the deadline. But one thing I do not want to do, and I would like to put the kibosh on right now because I've seen a lot of Red Wings fans do it, is just automatically assuming that they are getting a second-round pick in exchange for uh, Nick Letty at the deadline. I've seen a lot of people say that with confidence, with as a, with a matter-of-factness that is simply preposterous. Yes. It is crazy Agreed. to, like, you know, we all went into last deadline thinking Luke Lendenning was going, Bobby Ryan was going, Mark Stahl was going. And I tweeted that out and some or or Devin Little from the hockey writers responded to me and he said, yeah, but Nick Letty is a much better player than all that. But that doesn't matter because Nick Letty can still ding his ankle before the the trade deadline. And I understand that can happen to anybody. But the way that people are speaking about the certainty of a trade and the value that they're going to for sure get in this trade is preposterous. I want to stop right now. And uh, those are my thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree with you. Anytime you you play that game, I I don't like that at all. I don't like the the oh we brought this guy in just for the return we're gonna get because I don't in in my eyes that rarely works out. Why would you get more for someone who especially who's who's thirty like six months from now than than what you just traded for him? That that, that logic doesn't doesn't compute with me very often and it happens across all sports and it drives me nuts. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, t- I totally agree with you. And I, I, I don't, I like the trade without that. I, I don't think that's mm-hmm. like part of this trade at all. I, I don't think that was, I don't think that crossed Steve Eiserman's mind for a second. Oh, well, I think he's going to play so well that we can get more for him. I don't, I don't think that's the purpose of this move. I, I really don't. I, I think it's to, to find someone who's who's stable and going to be arguably the best defenseman on this team for, for the next season, at least. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I don't think that that I don't think the return is part of why this move was made. And I think it's a good deal, even without taking that into consideration. Mm-hmm. And the offensive mindedness, I want to touch on that again, because it's it, it's kind of a similar play or style of play to what uh, Eric Jelanos kind of played last season alongside Mo Sider. And I think, all you're really looking for him to do is be able to allow Mo Sider to be his best self. And Nick Letty is going to let him do that because Mo Sider, I would say, is a little bit more defensively inclined. Nick Letty a little bit more offensively inclined. So they're going to bring a nice balance uh, to that first pair D. But also there'll be opportunities for 
Letty's offensive capabilities to actually help Cider out and, you know, help build that game uh, outside of him just showing him things and, and stuff like that. He'll be able to make plays on the ice and open up opportunities for him, hopefully, and you'll start to see the the evolution of Mo Cider's offensive game continue to grow like you did last year in Yoga or Rogla. So very exciting. Uh, well, I wouldn't, I don't know if very exciting is the right word, but all in all, I think a pretty good trade for Steve Eiserman. I think there's a lot of movement left around the corner. I think this weekend was just a small taste of what we can expect from this crazy week uh, as we head into the expansion draft on Wednesday, the NHL entry draft on Friday, uh, and then free agency not too long after that. Any thoughts before we head into the draft profile with uh, Sam McGilligan on Mackie Samuskevich and Francesco Pinelli? I I think uh, I think that's it, man. Just a really fun week, and, and going to be a really fun week here too. We got a, we got quite a few uh, quite a few quite a few things planned. So uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Did you know what I have planned for right after this podcast? Uh, no, you I'm know going, what I have planned. I don't know what you have planned. <laughs> I'm going to crush a built bar. Did you know that they have nine Fantastic. delicious flavors? I don't know how I'm going to pick Scott. I'm going to go downstairs. I know, it's man. something I've been thinking about it this whole podcast. I cannot get my mind off of it. Which flavor is it going to be? There's so many. There's nine of them. Coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. Me personally. I've been on the German chocolate this week. I know I'm a salted caramel guy, but I decided to switch it up. Uh, I like richness. You're getting that with the German chocolate. And not only that, but I'm going to feel great for the rest of the night. Old me, Scotty, you know what I would have done? Gone downstairs, probably grab some cookies. But new me, after I got on Built Bars, uh, now I just go down, have a delicious Built Bar, get 17 to 18 grams of protein, only 130 to 180 calories, only five grams of sugar, only five grams of carbs. And I go, for the rest of my night. That's that's the actual sound that I make after I it's eat a great sound. my built bar. Pew! Uh, and you can be feeling the exact same way uh, as soon as possible. Summer is here. Start getting in shape. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Tipped by Rasmussen. Gathered back in by the Hurricanes, and they miss you. Here comes Verana. Verana right in on goal. Back it scores! What a beauty! Jacob Verana displaying his skills right there to cut the lead in half. We got uh, Sam McGilligan from McKean's Hockey. We're looking to do two more draft profiles. Mackie Samuskevich and Francesco Pinelli. I'm buzzing. The boys are buzzing. Uh, let's welcome them in. Scotty, what's going on? Sam, what's going on? I'm always so impressed at how you do that without messing up. You just fire it off like a rocket. So he messes up, yeah, he messes, messes up sometimes. Well, you've never messed it up with me. So, And I mean, I just messed up the ending to your last one. So it be what it be. He messes up and then I just shout the screw up and I just point it right in his face and then he has to start from the beginning. That's usually yeah. what happens. Beautiful. I love it. During, uh, during ads. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I know, another thing that I mess up a lot is the date. I'll be like, today is January. And Scotty's like, it's he true. likes to say January quite often <laughs> for, for the all June the and July. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's hilarious. Pinelli. Now, you actually came out with a series, uh, the best of series. I don't know if this was your first part. I don't know if there's still more to come, but go check it out. It's a McKean's hockey. What you're doing, correct me if I'm wrong, is going through. Uh, the five different skill sets that we look at when we're when we're scouting players intelligence goal scoring skill skating and physicality and what you're doing is you're finding the five prototypes that fit into those molds is that correct yes that i am uh and one of the guys in your initial one on hockey intelligence was francesco pinelli as a matter of fact you have a quote in here that says if there is any player that is going to find success in the nhl based on his brain it is francesco pinelli can we start there to break down what kind of player we're dealing with besides one with an awesome name maybe the best name in the draft yeah he really does have an awesome name um, Olin zellweger is pretty fantastic. pretty good i know there's some wicked names there really is as as an italian american I'm, I'm partial to francesco pinelli but you know. <laughs> Um, Pinelli. I really like Pinelli. I had a very, so I didn't really watch Pinelli too much last year. I like, I saw Kitchener games, so I didn't focus on him. And I'm busy watching Sabrango, I get it. Yeah. And I was seeing like not too much praise for him at the start of the season when there was a lot of murky water and a lot of kids weren't playing. 
Yeah. Then elite prospects dropped him at like six in their preliminary rankings or something like that. And I was like, what the hell? I was just like, shit, I ain't never watched them. What's up with him? I watched him and I was like, six is crazy. And they don't have him in the top 10 anymore either. But like top 15. Okay. I personally have him 18. And that's probably where his ranking is going to end because I don't think I'm changing it anymore. But his brain leaves a lot of super high-end upside there, like the type of high-end upside that most players in this draft don't have. And you're taking him in the gamble that hopefully you think that he's going to fix the issues that are prohibiting him from capitalizing on that brilliant mind of his on a more regular basis. Um, he has an issue to float away with the puck, if I'm being honest with you, which I, ca- I, I mentioned. Um, he, I watched like a passing montage of his that Instat created was like five minutes long. And I actually walked away going like, wow, that wasn't good. <laughs> but like, I've already seen a ton of his ship by ship. Like I know how, what this kid can do. Like he's not yeah. making these passes because he can't see the right play. Like he's seeing something and almost all of them, like, man, if that works, all right, I see where you're going for there. Like you, you're onto something. You just didn't make it work. I'm hoping five years from now, you can make it work. That's yeah. what I'm drafting you for. If I'm drafting you in the top 20. And I do think it can happen with him because he shows all the tools you need to be a good transitional player. He's still, I, well, he needs to improve his skating, but like, I don't think it'll completely hold him back. He has all the tools to be a good defensive player and he has all the tools you need to be a good offensive player. And he comes up with crafty solutions to really hard problems at it, like that, just mm-hmm. like that. And that's the biggest thing. It's just like, you don't have time to think. And people in the NHL are going to pressure you at the highest level you could possibly be pressured at the fastest pace you can possibly play at. If you can think like this, that's not going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. Pinelli Ken, you were asking a lot of a player to improve their microprocessing speed to that level. If it's not there before the NHL, it's not impossible, but it's hard as hell to develop. I don't know how you do it. And I don't know if all players can. I, it's just not something I'm educated in. Apparently, Rachel Dory from Elite Prospects did this um, study for her master's where she found out you can, I think, I think she used the word quantify how well someone can learn the ability to process the game and measure in like hockey IQ or something. Hmm. And I was like, <laughs> I want to read that because if that's cool, <laughs> or if that's true, that is cool as hell. But as of now, I don't know. So that's why I'm higher on Pinelli because I'm just going to take the talent when I see it and just hope everything else comes along, acknowledging that there's bust risk, but also acknowledging that, like, I don't think he's so like, I think he's not going to, he can play at NHL pace with his head. You are just hoping the rest of it comes along. Mm-hmm. So he might not be like the most effective NHL player if it doesn't. So what, what is, I guess he need to, to fix if, to be effective, to not be a bust and, and to play at least like at or above his draft value. Well, okay. He's really dynamic, but he's not dynamic in the same way that you see players with elite stick handling or elite, like Mackie Samuskevich. I'm going to get into that, how dynamic that kid is. Mm-hmm. And Penelli is dynamic too, but in a completely different way. They still want to be like really crafty, unique solvers or salute, create, Let's try that again. <laughs> Going to come up with really crafty, unique solutions to problems as they arrive in front of them. And Pinelli does it really well by just knowing what the best play is going to be. Whereas Sam Oskevich can just be like, well, I don't really care what the best player is going to be. I know the pressure is just coming from this way. I'm just going to stick handle and skate myself around out this way. Mm-hmm. You ain't going to stop me. Um, Pinelli improving his stick handling and improving his skating makes me think that he would just be ridiculously dynamic yeah. and just like handle and adapt to incoming pressure like it's nothing. This guy improves his like motor, which I'm not even sure if it's as bad as some people say. I think um, playing in Europe 
it was cool as hell for him to make the journey across the Atlantic. He played in a pro league that plays hockey to such a different point where you can, there's not a lot of similarities between the two. They're static. They don't move a lot. They're good players. They have like pro ready bodies. They can skate, they can shoot. They like, they play at a pace, but they play at a pace of their style of hockey. Pinelli mm-hmm. is someone who kind of likes to break systems. These guys don't lead don't play anything, but their system kind of. Mm-hmm. So if no one's breaking the system with them, tons of passing options, he could have capitalized on weren't there. Then you start, he goes like, okay, well shit. What do I do now? I kind of noticed him just taking like low danger shots where it's like, you see a better s- solution. It's there. Why didn't you take it? Why did you take a low danger shot? You're kind of supposed to be like, if you go by on your brain, why are you doing that? And I'm coming up with the theory that it's just like, how do you get on the same page with these guys? You, you played hockey so differently your entire life. Well, and, he already, and you only, he only had played 13 11. games or okay, 11. Yeah, 11. No, I think you're right. It's actually 11. I think it's yeah. like, he played so little games. Like what he was getting better with each one, getting more on the same page in each game. Like it was just getting better and better. Like if he played a full season there, I think by the end of it, he'd be like, ha ha. All right. I've got this shit figured out. Everybody follow me and trust me. And they would be like, yeah, let's do this. But mm-hmm. that takes time. Right? That's what I'm saying. Like that sample size is such a joke. Like same with Brant Clark. It's like some people are lower on him because they're like, well, some of his data wasn't good and his event data is not good. And like it's not. We're still on Pinelli. So let's wrap up with this. How do you feel about the idea of him joining a crop of prospects that includes Lucas Raymond, Philip Sedina, Jonathan Bergren, Theodore Niederbach, the likes of those types of kids? I can't whistle shit. I tried. <laughs> it was supposed to be a whistle. For some reason, my my lips are just crap. I don't know what it is. You gave us your best efforts, so. Um, I was genetically made, unable to whistle. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's ridiculous, man. I, when you said that, I was just like, Jesus Christ, it's already so good. <laughs> like, I love Theodore Niederbach. For similar reasons, because Niederbrock missed an entire year, came back like he didn't miss a beat, and then took a huge step forward this year. And again, the number one thing he has is the brain. And people were lower on him last year. And I put him in my first and was like, I will count on that brain figuring itself out. And not even a year later, people are just like, shit. That's a good example of me being right about something for once. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I mean, that's a good Pinelli, and he's a smaller guy too. And I'm sure yep. that probably had something to do with I think um, Pinelli fits in really well with that. Intelligent. He can play. I think, again, it's just like he's going to fit more in these, provided he ups the effort level. Adds a little bit of mobility, which will just like it's going to happen as long as skating will stagnate. He already took a step forward, so it's, he, he can work on it clearly. Detroit's going to develop a skating fine. And then he moves off puck, you know, with more effort, more hustle. Mm. And then he plays in a space offense like Tampa, where they're just constantly spacing the ice and then contracting the like just. Move, why am I holding an empty water bottle? <laughs> moving the ice or moving their teammates closer and then contracting them. And then the defense is just like, shit, we got to go. And then they're already back in the middle. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Like dangerous chance off something like that. Reset the puck back to the point. All right, let's do it again. No stopping. Like just consistent motion all the time. No one parked in front of the net no more. It's someone's timing their cut inside. It, that's the future of NHL hockey, most likely. And Pinelli, he's going to look really good in a system like that. He's not going to be like a heavy four checker. He's probably not someone you put in a rush based offense, just based on what he can do. Mm. But you put him in a cycling offense like that, where the focus isn't just to stand in the Pentagon and fucking move the puck, but like actually (laughs) be a moving Pentagon that like ships in and out and shit. Yeah, he, man, he's gonna end up being one of the best players in the draft. I would be, I'm confident in saying that. I'm 
might be sticking my neck out there a little bit, but like the dude is so smart. I'm betting on intelligence before I'm betting on anything else outside of extremely high end skating, like Luke Hughes and Owen Zellweger. Those mm-hmm. are like the two things where if I see it, I'm like, gimme, gimme, gimme. See it in unison. I'm just like, gimme, gimme, gimme now. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC, MMA action. Now, if you don't like betting on everything, you know, day to day, you know, baseball, there's games every day. That's the cool thing about it. But you know, it can be a little, little much to keep up with sometimes. You know what I recommend? Place in a nice little future. Now, if you don't want to put it on the Tigers, I understand, but I'll tell you what, folks, right now they are a hundred to one or a thousand to one odds. So a lot to a little, a uh, thousand to one odds. Uh, I put a $10 bet down. It pays $10,000 if they go on to win the World Series. Scotty, I did this before the All Star break. They win three out of the gate. I'm feeling pretty good about my money, uh, and you can too. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Here comes Rasmussen, third period underway, circles and out in front, scores Adam Ernie. He's got his team leading 11th goal, and the Red Wings have the lead in the game, one to nothing. <laughs> All right, well, let us move into uh, Mackie Semiskevich. I think you've uh, sold us both, uh, sold probably all of our listeners on Francesco Pinelli. And I don't think you'll have much of an issue with Mackie Semiskevich as well. No, He's part man. of the seven-headed monster that's going to expect to lead U of M to the national title next year. Uh, they somehow the rich just keep getting richer in that regard. Uh, but we'll get to that in a second. Super fun, offensively gifted player. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, Sam Moskevich? I know you've kind of given us, uh, you know, some some quick hits here and there, but just an overview of what he brings to the game when he's playing at his best. His highlight reel is going to be ridiculous. His highlight reel is going to be he's going to be the type of player who people have discussions where they think he's better than he actually is, most likely, because his highlight reel is going to be embarrassing high level players, provided he turns out to what he's supposed to be. He could actually just also be a really high end offensive talent like that's but like his likely scenario is just like offensive second line winger who could just do some ridiculous stuff with his hands and feet. And just escape pressure by the thinnest margin. It's a lot of people that I've talked to are worried as hell about that. They're like, yeah, look at this example and this example and this example. Like he just barely gets out. And I'm just like, I think he's doing it on purpose. I, I might be wrong, but like, is, is it just me? I didn't track this, so I could totally be wrong. This might just be a completely biased thought because I never spent enough time to correct myself. But is it just me or is it like he doing, he doing, is he making better quality players escaping pressure by the thinnest margin instead of like just kind of getting away from it? Like he draws in two guys, they've got him trapped on every angle and then he just slides out and there's so much space for him to work with. And then he does something really good with the play. And you're just like, Shit. I don't know. I feel like he wants to play with the pressure on his back like that. Like he wants them that close before he just like leaves them in the dust with his ridiculous stick handling. That is so, so fun. It's so funny. Oh man. Yeah, I really like Mackie Samoskevich. Out of the, all the players uh, I watched this year, Samoskevich was one guy I just kept watching because I couldn't not watch. You'd watch a bad game from a good player, and then you're like, well, I'm kind of bored. Samoskevich. <laughs> it was really easy to do that. You do it with like, it, that's when I watch I, I top just 10 players you, I normally. I just got this visual of you just like, you're at like you consuming hockey <laughs> at a deli. You know, like you're, you're at like the hockey <laughs> deli. And you're like, ah, oh, I'm gonna need a Samuskevich and uh Sada Pinelli. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, kinda. Yeah, uh, a, and I a, guess for a my veg- cup of Zellweger on the side. Yeah, and for my day. vegetables, give driving. me yeah, for my vegetables, give me um oh, who don't I like? <laughs> I won't say it because I don't want to be that guy who trashes a kid on a prospect, but there's I'll a few listen. We'll just I like him. Here. Well, it's just like you know, more of a, a high floor type player, you know, like you just like <laughs> you, you need to do it, you know, you need this. 
in your life a little bit. I really like Mackie Samoskevich, man. Like, there's so where many. Did, where good... does he rank for you on twenty one board? Because he, like I was just talking about with the like the smaller guys, typically being uh, lower on the NHL scout list. He is not. He is number thirty one, and I think most scouts uh, outside of NHL scouts kind of have him in that range, like twenty to to thirty five. Like that's kind of his sweet spot. Yep, I'm at the high end of it of twenty one. Highest I think I've seen is Austin Brass. Actually, I think has him in like seventeen or sixteen or something, and I know EP has him in their top 20 not at 20 but it passed or higher than that but i don't know what number i have them 21 and i totally get the arguments that those guys have for them because it's like if the skills project which is an if because the style itself has so much inherent risk baked into it that there's a lot of things that could go wrong developing developing him from his current state to the nhl but provided it works holy crap those are some tools no one going after him on my list has. I'm going to confirm this, actually, before I say that, but he has tools that no one after him has. <laughs> he is insane with the stick handling. It is to the point where I had to – there was a point where I lowered him on my list because I was like, okay, hey, I am in love with him for his flashiness, and I should catch myself on this and then watch him for his effectiveness. And then I was watching him. I was like, fuck it, he's effective. <laughs> he's <laughs> I'm like, move him back up. He's so good. Oh, man. I just – he's the type of player where you can reach on him super early, and I might not agree with the pick – but I know where you're coming from. Yeah. Like, I know where you're coming from. I love what he can do. And I think being able to slip through pressure at the last possible second and then turn it into good, dangerous plays is kind of the, it is a projectable play. Uh, it's a projectable trait. The question is, can you do it in a projectable way? Sam Oscavich's stick handling is super high end. His skating is pretty damn good. It could use some minor tweaks, but I don't think it would inhibit him from NHL success and improvements will just make it even more funny when he does crazy stuff because it'll just be more ludicrous than it already was. Um, what about I, skating? I've heard it's mm. super good in close quarters, which okay. if for him, I think is more important than anything. Cause he's not, yeah dynamically attacking up the ice and transition. He's not bad at it at all, but he's not like dynamically attacking up the ice and transition and leading rushes with his feet or something like that. But for what he does, which is make plays that are damn good through tight spaces in between checks and just like play in dangerous areas and just be like, ha ha, you're never going to catch me. <laughs> like griefed up desk, deaf guy style from family guy. Like, hell yeah. Like he's, there's a there's a lot of universes where it works and it works well and people are going to be like that's why you always draft a super skill player and see where it hangs out where it works out yeah yep I'm, I'm and then there's other ones where it busts entirely and it just happens because it's NHL prospects and a lot of the times unfortunately it's a coin flip yeah but um, yeah I've heard from people who have talked to him that he is intelligent as shit and like he doesn't make his moves without like he knows when he's making plays where the pressure is it's why he escapes as often as he does he's 18 he's got like five six years of perfecting this before he's in his NHL prime guys like yeah there's risk I, I mean I'm gonna keep saying it. there's tons of risk but yeah <laughs> There's risk with everybody. I mean, there's risk with everybody. You, you, you when he hits, risk. he's yeah. hitting like a rocket. Yeah. So one of the other things I read about, I think I read this in the elite prospects draft guide. Uh, he led the USHL and all CHL players in controlled offensive zone entries this last season, uh, which for me personally, as somebody who just watched uh, a team try and get into the offensive zone using nothing but drop passes, uh, for, you know, multiple seasons in a row. That sounds wonderful. Uh, what makes, I mean, this type of, this type of player so dangerous and him specifically when he's, when he's doing that. And I guess just how unique is it to, to players in this class? So deceptive. I think as a junior level player, he's actually a monster in transition. I'll correct myself from earlier. Cause you're right. I did see the data and the data is outlandish. Um, 
I think projecting him to the NHL, I do wonder if the transition game is as clean. I like how he likes to attack up the face-off circle where the in-between the hash marks just like rushes up that line. It gives him the chance to threaten to go into the inside, which what teams will naturally lean that way to protect. And then he can just slide around on the outside, but he's super good at getting back in or making Mm -hmm. moving out to the outside, but there's the passing lane. He identifies it. Like he is really good in transition right now. I just, Mm, I don't know. I'm. Just, I wonder if sometimes I'm just overthinking how it will project to the NHL, and it might just project as cleanly as his offensive play does. And then I'm looking extra stupid, but I wouldn't even care because that would be awesome because I love him. <laughs> so like, let's do it. Uh, yeah, his transitional data right now is just absolutely ludicrous. I think when I was watching, I remember when I saw the data, I was just like, really? See, this is why I wish I tracked data because like my eyes didn't tell me it was that efficient. Like I knew he was yeah. good at it, but I think I was focusing more on the ones that didn't work and why it didn't work instead of the ones that did work and why it worked. And sometimes yeah. it's a really nasty habit you can get into. Mm-hmm. And it's something you have to catch yourself doing. And I know there's probably going to be like four or five players where I've like subconsciously done this. And I haven't realized it and they're going to be good. And I'm going to look like a dumbass because it happened last year and it's going to happen this year. And it's probably going to happen for a while because that's, it's one of those biases you just don't catch yourself even if you're aware of it you still don't catch it for every example right it's hard to explain i get what you're saying i mean it would make sense like you like trying to watch with a critical eye you're always thinking about what went wrong instead of what went right and if you're overanalyzing what went right then you're like wow yeah. I'm not focusing on enough of the right things and i guess yeah sometimes i'll like like replay a play like four or five times over and then I'll like drag the bar across so I can get frame by frame. And I'm just like, catch myself doing it. And I'm like, okay, why am I doing this for a mistake? It's cool to do it for like <laughs> a good play. Cause then you get to really appreciate all the things that went right. But like, yeah, this kid did it in like a half a second, not even decision. And here I am going like, mm-hmm. <laughs> should have been two inches to the left there, buddy. <laughs> it's just like, all right. All right, so we got uh, on draft day, 22nd overall. Take him. Francesco Pinelli or Mackie Sam. Ah, uh, that's a good question. Salweger, Pinelli, Samuskavich, Borgo. In that order. All right. But love it. You can't, all three of Salweger, Pinelli, and Samuskavich are in the same tier for me and can be argued above each other. And I would not fight you. However, I will probably go with Zellweger above them all if all right. you put a gun to my head because defensemen who do what he do don't come around often. Yeah. And you do not get to draft them even like often at all. Especially so, this high. I mean. Or potentially this yeah, low. Potentially the, yeah, that, that's what I meant. Uh, like I, if he falls, I'm going to be just punching something because I know Mark Bergman won't draft him. And that's just going to suck to watch. <laughs> That's really going to suck to watch because I don't <laughs> think Bergevin is as bad a drafter as they think. I just think he changes his philosophy or what his approach is with each draft. And like yeah. last year was tough and grittiness. And that means this year, I don't know what the hell it is, but if Zellweger fits what he's looking for, I'd be surprised. Yeah. He's probably going to take like, I don't know. You guys are picking Everyone late. keeps memeing about Daniil Cheka at 30 and I'm just like, please no. All right. Uh, Sam McGilligan from McKean's Hockey. Thank you so much. Now, I mentioned at the top of the show, you had that excellent piece on uh, the five most intelligent prospects in this upcoming draft. Was that it? That is it. So it's the uh, five major archetypes of players that's almost always universally looked into as intelligence, skill, skating, shooting, and physicality. I've changed it a little bit. Intelligence is a very broad definition uh, shooting is actually more goal scoring. Cause I think that's more adequate. Um, and then skill skating and physicality. And there's going to be four more pieces coming up. Next one's goal scoring. will definitely be out by the time this is out. Skill will be out by the time this is out and skating is, should be coming out the day this comes out. So if that is the case, please go read my fourth piece. And if it's not, 
go read my third piece again. <laughs> and he has not started writing either of them yet. So we are going oh, to I let have. him go. Actually, I've almost finished all of them, but it's the final <laughs> touches is the process that gotcha. haunts me the most. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, all right. Well, Sam Miguel again, thank you so much. Go follow. Thank him you Twitter so much at, for having me guys. I love being here. What is it? What, what's, what's the Twitter? Sam underscore McGilligan because Sam someone McGilligan. also named me stole the better name because of course they did. <laughs> well, I, I got some people Criminal. on the side of Twitter now after my hacking episode. So uh, oh, you, you, you hit me up and <laughs> man, that was the funniest comeback to a Twitter account. <laughs> I've, was that an original idea? Cause I've never personally seen yeah, that one that before. Was, Cause I was literally just, I had nothing to do. I had no like creative outlet. I made like, I was, I did like seven wall, like graphic design wallpapers. Like I was just so bored without oh, the internet. Man. And now my timeline is still trash. So I've been actually spending oh, less time on Twitter. It was so good. Nice, it was but... so good. I saw it immediately. And I just sat there in awe. I was like, I wish I could meme on the level that this man <laughs> I couldn't come up with that if my life depended on it. That was immaculate. I, I literally wrote it the day I got hacked. I was like, because uh, <laughs> I was just like, I was so bored and I just wanted to come back so bad. Uh, it was either between that or um, there's like this meme that like is one of my all time favorites. It's uh, Bugs Bunny and he's just got a gun and it says, Lord, forgive me, but it's time to go back to the old me. And that's like one of my favorite, favorite. I've memes seen ever. that one. So but it, it was one of those two, but uh, you went with you. the right choice. <laughs> that's the good that. choice. That was the good choice, but this was the above and beyond choice. <laughs> Thank you. So All right, man. You. you guys right. are the fuck. You guys Appreciate are the best. You. We, uh, we would love to have you on again. If you're not doing anything on draft night, you know, hit us up. I don't know what we're doing. We're, yes, we're Wallstep promised us that if he goes to the Red Wings, he'll call us on draft night. So no way. Um, yeah, you can you can come on with him. We'll probably, I uh, I'll probably haven't a clue too. what I am doing draft day and draft night, if I'm being honest. Like, I actually really don't know what the plan is. There's a general plan of what I need to do. Yeah. I have no idea what we're doing either. So it's weird because it's not a Friday. So I just kind of like the business part of me and like the scouting part is just like it's the this is the day we've all been waiting for this is yeah. the day where professionals be professionals and then the other part of me is just like let's get messed up and yeah, watch like the draft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like i if i'm that version i'll pop in if it's the business version i think i'll probably have something i need to get done that night i love it all right well you just keep me updated i'll hit you up and uh yeah we'll, for sure we'll, guys we'll work it out on twitter so thanks, Sam. Appreciate you. And we, uh, we'll see you next time. Go check out all his work. Sam McGilligan. We'll see you all back here tomorrow. If you have a positive review or wait, no, if you have positive feedback, tell us in our reviews. If you have negative feedback, tell me in my DMS, uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.